welcome back to episode 5. So, last episode we talked about the Crips, and the one before that was the Bloods, so continuing in this kind of direction, we're going to talk about the infamous Pablo Escobar. Born December 1st, 1949, and he died December 2nd, 1993. He was a Colombian criminal who was head of the Medellin Cartel, and was arguably the world's most powerful drug trafficker in the 1980s and early 1990s. So, he was born in Envigado, Colombia, and died in Medellin, Colombia. So, soon after his birth, Escobar's family moved to Envigado, Colombia, in a suburb in Medell- a suburb of Medellin. And while still a teenager, he began he began a life of crime. His early illegal activities included smuggling stereo equipment and stealing tombstones to resell. As the cocaine industry grew in Colombia, thanks to part of its proximity to Peru, Ecuador, and Bolivia, major growers of coca, which, from which cocaine is derived, Escobar became involved in drug smuggling. In the mid-1970s, he helped found the crime organization that, le- that later became known as the Medellin Cartel. His notable partners included Ocha Brothers, Juan David, Jorge Luis, and Fabio Escobar, who served as the head of organization, which focused largely on production, transport, and sale of cocaine. By the mid-1980s, the Medellin cartel dominated the cocaine trade, with Escobar wielding incredible power and wealth. According to some reports, he was worth approximately $25 billion, which supported a lavish lifestyle that included 7,000-acre estate in Colombia, where he housed giraffes. Like, how does- oh! He didn't only have giraffes, he had giraffes, hippopotamuses, camels, and among other animals. He founded various projects to aid the poor, earning him comparisons to the Robin Hood. That, perce- that perception helped Escobar win election to alternate seat in the country's Congress in 1982. However, such, a, uh, such works offset by Escobar were well-known ruthlessness. He handled problems with plata o ploma meaning silver bribes or lead like lead bullets so he kind of like he helped but he also was kind of like doing it without their will they he just gave him money so they were happy about it in addition to rival drug traffickers notably in the cali cartel his victims included government officials policemen and civilians in 1989, the, the cartel reportedly placed a bomb aboard an airplane in an attempt to kill an alleged informant. More than 100 people were killed. The threats of extradition to the United States, which as a destination of most of the cartel's drugs had come to, view Escobar as a top target on war on drugs. Drew even greater retaliation from Escobar, who reportedly said that he would rather have a grave in Colombia than a jail cell in the U.S. Amid the growing bloodshed, a massive manhunt was undertaken to find Escobar. While the government also began negotiations for his surrender, in June 1991, on the same day as the Colombian Congress voted to forbid extradition in the country's new constitution, Escobar surrendered and was subsequently jailed. His imprisonment, however, had little effect on his criminal activities and his lifestyle. He was allowed to build a luxurious prison, which became known as the Lacadrell. I don't know how to say that. I'm not good at Spanish. Not only did the facility include a nightclub, sauna, 
waterfall, and soccer field. It also had telephones, computers, fax machines. However, after Escobar tortured and killed two cartel members at the prison, officials decided to move him to a less... Hold up. Officials decided to move him to a less accommodating prison. Before he could be transferred, Escobar escaped custody in July 1992. More than a year later, authorities located him in Medellin. In the resulting shootout, Escobar was killed. Some speculated that he took his own life after he died. The Medellin cartoon cartel soon collapsed. A larger-than-life figure, Escobar inspired numerous books, movies, and TV projects in the decades after his death. So, for the people of Colombia, they saw Escobar as like a hero, like the Robin Hood. He was just giving them money, and they thought like he was stealing from the rich, but he was like killing a lot of people. He was doing some bad shit and getting people hooked on cocaine, ruining lives. So, it's a crazy story how he escaped his prison that he was able to build himself. He moved to all these places and was on the FBI's most wanted list for the war on drugs. So, come back for my next episode. Just kidding, that was only five minutes. Alright, so I was kidding about ending this episode. I want to do five more minutes. So, we're talking about Escobar's wife, son, and daughter. In 1976, Escobar married 15-year-old Maria Victoria Heneo. The couple had two children together, a son, Juan Pablo, and a daughter, Manuela. Today, Escobar's son is a motivational speaker who goes by the name of Sebastian Marroquin. Marroquin studied architecture, architecture and published a book in 2015 called Pablo Escobar, My Father, which he tells the story of growing up with the world's most notorious drug kingpin. He also asserts that his father had committed suicide, so... He says that happened, so I'm pretty sure it probably happened. And what Mark Quinn says is, My father is not a person to be imitated. He said in Agents France Paracy interview. That's that's where he said that at. And he showed us, he also states, He showed us the path we must never take as a society because it's a path to self-destruction, the loss of values, and a place where life cases ceases to have importance. So he was firsthand with Pablo Escobar. He understands like why it's not good to be that way. The Medellin Cartel. It wasn't by chance that the Colombia came to dominate the cocaine trade. Beginning in the early 1970s, the country became prime smuggling for ground for marijuana. But as the cocaine market flourished, Colombia's geographical location proved to be its biggest asset. Situated in the northern tip of South America between thriving coca cultivation epicenters of Peru and Bolivia, the country came to dominate the global cocaine trade. I got something in my eye. I've been reading that whole thing with one eye. (laughs) Alright, back to this. Dominate the global cocaine trade with the United States. The biggest market for the drug, just a short trip to the north. So, Colombia was just the best place to be because... To get the cocaine into America, which is where they're going to be selling it, like, heavy. They go straight up, come in in Miami, or anywhere around there, go up, and boom. They're at the heart of this place. Miami, cocaine everywhere. 
and I don't know if it's still like that, but it probably is. I wouldn't be surprised. I remember last time I went there, I, uh, what did I go there for? I was at Rolling Loud, which is like a concert, and we were driving past the gas station, and there was just some crackhead standing in the middle of the road at a gas station, just looking up in the sky, like raising his hands at the sun, like screaming at it. He's probably saying like, why is it so hot or some shit like that? Oops, I didn't say the S word. Alright, back to Pablo. But that's how crazy the cocaine might be. He probably had cocaine. But Escobar moved quickly to grab control of the cocaine trade in 1975. Drug trafficker Fabio Restrepo from the city of Medellin, Colombia, was murdered. His killing is believed came at the orders of Escobar, who immediately seized power and expanded Resprito's operation into something the world had never seen. Under Escobar's leadership, large amounts of coca paste were purchased in Bolivia and Peru, processed and transported to America. Escobar worked with a small group to form the infamous Medellin Cartel. By the mid-1980s, Escobar had an estimated net worth of $30 billion and was named one of the 10 richest people on earth by Forbes. Cash was so prevalent that Escobar purchased a Learjet for the sole purpose of flying his money. At the same time, Escobar controlled more than 80% of the cocaine smuggled into the United States. More than 15 tons reportedly smuggled each day, netting the Medellin cartel as much as worth as much as $420 million a week. As Escobar's fortune and fame grew, he dreamed to be seen as a leader. In some ways, he positioned himself as the Robin Hood-like figure, which was echoed by many locals as he spent money to expand social programs for the poor. So he was kind of short-lived in politics. As a young man, Escobar told friends and family that he wanted to become the president of Colombia. Yet as he saw it, his path to wealth and legitimacy lay in crime. In 1982, Escobar was elected as an alternate member of Colombia's Congress, but the reasons for his wealth could not stay hidden. And two years after his election, he was forced to resign. The justice minister who revealed Escobar's notorious background was later slain. He was killed. So, everyone wants to know how many people did Escobar kill. He was responsible for the killing of thousands of people, including politicians, civil servants, journalists, and ordinary citizens. When he realized that he had no shot in becoming Colombia's president, and with the United States pushing for his capture and extradition, Escobar unleashed his fury on his enemies in the hopes of influencing Colombian politics. His goal was no extradition clause an amnesty for drug barons in exchange for giving up the trade. Escobar's terror campaign claimed that the lives of three Colombian presidential candidates, an attorney general, scores of judges, and more than 1,000 police officers. In addition, Escobar was implicated for his mastermind behind the bombing of Colombian jetliner in 1989 that killed more than 100 people. Escobar's terror eventually turned public opinion against him and caused the breakup of the alliance of the drug traffickers. So his big fuck up stopped all the drug trafficking almost and it was up to like little groups to do it and people to pick up the scraps. And uh I think that's gonna do it, yep. I have one more podcast left and then I'm gonna be done. I don't know if I'm gonna do any more, but I hope you have a good night. I'm going to sleep and hopefully I can get another podcast in before before the school day's over. I might have time actually. Come back tomorrow to see what I uh, come up with. See ya.